welcome to Gateway Church Podcast. We're so glad you're here today. We pray God speaks to you through this message and through His Word. For more information about our church, follow us on social media or visit our website, gatewayhome.com. Now, let's tune in to this week's message. We've got uh, one final message in the Advantage series. So hopefully you have enjoyed it, hopefully you've learned, hopefully you've grown in your relationship with the, the Lord, but obviously even our relationship with the Holy Spirit. And we've been really talking about the purpose, power, and the presence of the Holy Spirit and the benefit that the Holy Spirit brings into our lives as believers. And I know last week we talked about uh, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and thank you, I want to say I'm proud of you for being open uh, to what God is wanting to do in our lives and really being receiving the Holy Spirit in his fullness in our hearts and in our lives. But I want to read this verse, John 16, verse 7. It's been our anchor verse during this series. It says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And throughout this entire series, we've been asking different questions like, Who is he? Is he a person? Is he charismatic? Does he baptize? But his final message, I have one more question, and it is, does he speak in tongues? Does he speak in tongues? If you are a first-time guest, I want to say welcome to Gateway Church. We're so glad that you're here today. Take a phenomenal week, but I, I, I encourage you. This is obviously the end of our series. We've been walking through every single week, so you can find all of our messages on YouTube, uh, and you can check out, but we're, we're ending this series now. But we want to talk about tongues uh, as, we, in, as we finish this series, and 1 Corinthians 14 will be um, one of our main passages, but ta- Paul is writing to the Corinthian church, and it's 1 Corinthians 12, he's talking about the gifts, 1 Corinthians 13, a passage obviously on love that many of us have heard and spoken in weddings, different things like that, and 1 Corinthians 14 where he talks about order. Um, and the order of the church, and especially when it comes to tongues and also prophecy. But there is the manifestation of the gift of tongues. And we talked about that actually earlier in this series. Um, And even Acts 2, whenever tongues were given and the Holy Spirit fell and they each heard uh, what was being said in their own language. So that's not what we're talking about today. We're actually talking about the grace of tongues. But I want to say this, if you're first time here, or if you're kind of wondering, okay, this topic, and you've kind of wrestled with it for a while, this is not a matter of salvation. It's a matter of edification. This is a a matter that can edify us, but it's not about being saved. So you can be saved and not speak in tongues. So don't feel like, okay, there's a JV and then there's a varsity Christian. And the varsity people are the ones that speak in tongues. The JV is like, hey, you're coming up, you're learning. This isn't about maturity. Uh, maturity is actually reflected in the fruit of the Spirit, not the gifts of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, <laughs> kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The world needs more of that from believers to reflect the fruit of the Spirit more today now than ever before. It's important for us, and that's what discipleship is. As the Holy Spirit, as we grow in our relationship with Him He begins to produce that fruit in all of our lives. But the prayer language I'm talking about today isn't something that's from God. It's actually to God. And we're going to read that here in one second in a passage. But that's what we're talking about today. And I think it's important that we talk about 
1 Corinthians 13, because it's right in the middle of 12, we're talking about the gifts in 14. He says, talks about love. If you do not have love, which is why, once again, this is a matter of edification, not salvation. He said, if I speak with the tongue of men and of angels, but I have not love, I'm simply making noise. I'm a gonging cymbal. Be like me grabbing the cymbal from the drums and just banging it as I'm preaching. Because if I do not have love, but I have a tongue or I'm proclaiming the word of God, ultimately Jesus says to his disciples, the way that the proof that you are my disciple is by the way that you have love for one another. So love is important in all of this, and I don't want to take away from that or detract, but we are going to dive into this real quick as we talk about a, a personal prayer language today, not the gift and the manifestation of tongues. Are we clear? Are we good? All right, let's dive in. I have three points today. The first one is this. It's scriptural. It's scriptural. It's very simple. 2 Timothy 3, verse 16 and 17 is a passage, and it says, All scripture, every single bit of it, even the parts that we don't like, even the parts that we may skip over, all of it is it's given by inspiration or God-breathed of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction of righteousness. And here's why. For that the man of God or the woman of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. So the word of God is inspired. It's for every single one of us to grow and to be equipped for every good work that God is calling for us to do. And in this passage, as we talk about in 1 Corinthians 14, I want us to be open want us to relax, but I also want us to hear what the, the word is saying and being open to what God would speak to every single one of us. So let's pick it up in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 2. It says, for he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. There's a verse right there. For no one understands him. However, in the spirit, some translations may say by the spirit or with the spirit, he speaks mysteries. So it's scriptural to speak in a tongue to, not just from, God. Verse 14, for if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. This word understanding actually means, uh, it's translated mind. It's like my mind, and 21 out of 24 times, understanding is translated mind. So he's saying, I will pray with the spirit, even though I don't necessarily understand it. Because my mind is unfruitful. But I want to say this. The greatest apostle, or at least one of the greatest apostles who ever lived, spoke in tongues. He prayed in tongues. Now, some believe 1 Corinthians 13 says that tongues has already passed away. That tongues have ceased. Prophecy has ceased. Um, whenever the scripture was canonized in the 4th century, around 393 A.D., um, and it basically, you may have heard this before, that those things have ceased, those have passed away since we have the, the Bible now in all of its form. Now, I want to tell you something. I love the Bible. I read the Bible almost every day. I won't say every day, I'll be honest. Almost every day I read it. But I want to tell us today, the Trinity is not the Father, Son, and Holy Bible. The Trinity is the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit did not cease to operate when the Bible was canonized. He's still operating today. He still speaks to us. He still leads us. He still guides us. He still enables us, and he still empowers us to walk in the new life that he wants us to walk into. 
And just think of it. One of the things it says is that knowledge will pass away. And so has all knowledge passed away. No, it hasn't. The Bible is perfect, but what it's talking about there, what I believe it's talking about is that Jesus, who is the perfect one, one day will come. And whenever he comes, these things will begin to cease because he's here on this earth. So that's what we believe is speaking about there. First Corinthians, let's continue. First Corinthians 14, verse 15. What is the conclusion then? I will pray with the Spirit, and I will also pray with the understanding. I will sing with the Spirit, and I will also sing with the understanding. Otherwise, if you bless or pray with the Spirit, how will he who occupies the space of the uninformed say amen at your giving of thanks, since he does not understand what you say? For indeed, you give thanks well, but the other is not edified. Remember, this conversation is about edification. So Paul, once again, one of the greatest Christians who ever lived, says, I pray in tongues. And it's for all of us. Now, a pushback has been, he says, if I pray in tongues, not when I pray in tongues. But here's the problem. 1 Corinthians 14, 18 says this, I thank my God I speak with tongues more than all of you. I don't know how he knew that, but apparently he did. I'm assuming that happened a lot for him, that he would pray or speak in tongues. So this wasn't something that was occasional. He's like, I do this on a consistent basis. And later on, we're going to look at it. He says, I actually wish all of you did. This is for every single person. It's for every believer. 1 Corinthians 14, 39. Therefore, brethren, desire earnestly to prophesy. So desire prophecy as well. And do not forbid to speak with tongues. So he's very clear there. But you probably have been to many places, maybe even grown up in a church, that has forbidden it or not even talked about it. That's what spiritual blindness looks like. Because you don't have a problem with me, just so you know. It's right there in the scripture. You can look at it, you can study it for yourself. But if we believe all of it is inspired by God, this part of it is too. But it, once again, needs to be done in order and in decency. So that's the first one. It's scriptural. The second thing is this. It's a benefit. It's a benefit. 1 Corinthians 14.4. It says, he who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. So it says a tongue edifies himself, but prophecy edifies the church. So some people have used this to discount tongues. This word, but here, could also be translated and, and 2,700 other times in the Bible is actually translated and. So what he's saying is, he who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. On the other hand, he who prophesies edifies the church. And here's why. You can understand it. This is why there's order around uh, the manifestation of the gifts in tongues and typically why we don't see it on a weekend service. Is because there are unbelievers and there are also new believers who would not understand it. It actually says they would think you're crazy because they don't understand what's happening. But prophecy builds up and edifies the church. But there is a difference between the two. The word edifies simply means to strengthen or build. That's what it means. It means to strengthen or build something. So a question I have for all of us is, what's wrong with building ourselves up? It says right there, he who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. But it's not saying whenever we come together 
Clearly, we read the Bible. The Bible edifies the church. Does that mean we shouldn't read the Bible also in private? Of course we should. We should read the Bible in private as well so we can be built up. Here's what he's saying. We should also edify ourselves. We should build ourselves up in our most holy faith even when we're in private. And when we're together, we'll be edified by prophecy that is given and also by the proclamation of the word of God. But remember, Paul, when he says, I will pray in the spirit, was referring to tongues as we go into this next verse. Ephesians 6 talks about the armor of God, what we need to equip ourselves with. The problem is near the end when we get to the list, when it talks about spiritual warfare, many of us leave out and put a period where God does not put a period. Here's what it says, Ephesians 6, verse 17 and 18. It says, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. So he's calling us to pray in the spirit. This is a part of our armor. Praying in the spirit is a part of our armor. But how many believers don't put on the entire armor? Because this is a part of it. If you're going to win in spiritual warfare, you need this to be a part of your arsenal. It's important for every single one of us. Jude 20 says this, but you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith. Remember, building yourselves, edifying yourselves, praying in the Holy Spirit. So praying in the Holy Spirit builds you up. My hope is that you have been having conversations about this as you go. You don't just hear a message, but you say, hey, how does it apply to my life on a consistent basis? And even as a staff, we sometimes sit down and we talk and we ask each other questions and we go a little bit further in the message and I clarify anything that I can and it's actually fun for me. So we'll have conversations. But they began to ask me about uh, tongues, praying in the spirit and really the difference between the two in many ways how I'm explaining today. And I told them, I simply said, I actually pray in the spirit every single day. Whenever I'm getting ready, I'll pray in the spirit. I'll also pray in my understanding, but I'll also pray in the spirit. And the lady said, yeah, I hear you every single morning. I was like, apparently I'm louder than I thought. <laughs> but every single day I pray in the spirit. But why wouldn't I? It builds me up. I remember a, a Southern Baptist pastor. I just recently saw that he's like, yeah, I pray in the spirit. And at one point I was kind of like, oh, Okay. But I actually believe there's many that pray in the spirit that you, the congregation just may not know about. And here's why. Because they've read it and they understand that they want to be built up too. No one comes at a place where they're able to say, I've, been, I've had all the building that I need. I don't need to be built up anymore. I'm good. No matter how old we are, if we still have breath, we can still be built up in the spirit through prayer. So that's the second thing. It's a benefit. And here's the third and final thing. It's a choice. It's a choice. Remember, we're talking about not a manifestational gift, but a prayer language. And this is something that everyone can have. But it's your decision. The Holy Spirit is not a forcer. He comes to a place where he is welcome. 1 Corinthians 14, 14 through 15. We read this, but... We're going to read a little bit in a different way. It says, for if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. What is the conclusion then? 
I will pray with the Spirit, and I will also pray with the understanding. So Paul says, I will do this. It's an act of his will. It's a choice that he makes. We've all been given a will by God. And he's saying, I will do this. And then he steps out by faith and he prays in the spirit. So here, if this brings comfort to anybody, you're not going to be walking through Target and the Holy Spirit puts you in a trance. All of a sudden, you grab the intercom and just start praying in the spirit, okay? You don't have to worry that it's just going to come upon you. You can't control it, and then you just start blurting it out. You don't have to walk in that level of fear. Here's why we know that we can control it, because he actually puts parameters and gives us instructions on when and how to speak in tongues, and even around the gifts. But if you could not control it, why would he give us those instructions? In the same way, on our way out of here, we're not going to pass the offering box, a check pop out of our, our wallet and hop in the offering box, and you're going to say, well, look at that. I have the gift of giving. <laughs> I've always been praying, and I wanted that gift, but it just, it just happened right there, so now I have that gift. No, that's not the way that it works. We have to make a choice to give. Okay, let's say if you have the, the gift of teaching. You don't go into a trance and all of a sudden just start teaching. But when the Holy Spirit speaks to us, and I believe that he wants to do this because he wants to encourage, he wants to exhort the body of Christ, he will speak to you to potentially give someone a word of encouragement, a word of knowledge, a word of wisdom, whatever it may be, but then we have the choice whether we are actually going to step out and give that word and see God move in their lives. But just because we may not do it, that doesn't necessarily mean God won't speak to another person who will actually do it. Because God has a purpose here on this earth, and he's calling every single one of us to be a part of it. But it is something that is a part of your will. You can control it. It's important for us to understand that. Some of us feel like it well, sounds like I'm saying gibberish. Of course it does, because you don't understand it with your mind. Uh, I have four kids. Many of you know that. My oldest is sitting down here right now. And I've learned, especially when Jack, when they were, they were all a little bit younger, that they would speak and they would talk, but many times I could not understand them. But my son Jack seemed to have the gift of tongues, with my daughter Addie having the gift of interpretation. <laughs> he would say something that I wouldn't understand, and then she would say, okay, this is what he wants. I'm like, is that sure? Okay, great. And he was happy. I feel like mothers also have this intuition. <laughs> Many times with Elaine, kids have said something, and I'm like, I have no clue what they're talking about. And she's like, here's what they want. Let's do this. I was like, okay, great. I feel like many times women even do that with men. <laughs> like, this is a feeling. That's what this is. This is an emotion. This happens all the time in our marriage. I'm basically just projecting right now. But we have to come to the place where we understand that it is controlled and it's something good that he wants us. And even though we may not understand it with our mind, our spirit can still pray. You may also be in the place where you feel like if I open myself up to this, I may open myself up to some things I don't want to open myself up to. You may have grown up and heard that it was potentially demonic and you're opening yourself up to something different. The only thing I would say to you is, why would God do that to you? 
He's a good father. As a matter of fact, Luke 11, 11 through 13 says, If a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? This is Jesus speaking. Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, how would you love to have Jesus talk with you this way? Know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Once again, I said it last week. I want to say it again. These things aren't a struggle. All of us are on a journey. All of us are walking a different path maybe. But this isn't a struggle. If you ask the Father, he wants to give you the fullness of who the Holy Spirit is in our lives. But nothing bad is going to happen to you if you do this. For some of us, it's about time that we allowed our spirit to pray. It's about time that we get to that place where we're willing to swallow any barrier, swallow our pride, and really begin to step out in faith. You can take some time this week, get alone, get in the presence of the Lord, worship, read the word, pray with your understanding, but also begin to pray in the Holy Spirit. Yield your tongue to the Holy Spirit. James talks about no man can tame the tongue. Here's who can tame the tongue. The Holy Spirit can. And allow your spirit to pray. In my own life, whenever I was younger, I grew up in a spirit-filled church. I was one of those where I was in church like all the time. I love my mom for it now. At the time, I didn't necessarily love it. But I appreciate it because it, it helped me grow and I was able to learn about what it meant to actually be in a relationship uh, with God. But I went to a vacation Bible school. I don't know if anyone remembers that. I'm sure they call it different names. But I went to a vacation Bible school and they were having a conversation about the Holy Spirit. And they were talking about who wants to be baptized with the Holy Spirit uh, with the evidence of speaking in tongues. And, and by the way, they are separate. There's many times people are baptized with the Holy Spirit, but they don't speak in tongues. Because like I said, this is a journey for every single person. But I, I was like, okay, I was a little bit scared, but I decided to go up. And I remember they went through and they prayed for every single person. And they prayed for me and they just said, just start speaking. So I just started speaking and it began to, began to come out. And I remember, I was like, this is different. But it's different. I didn't necessarily have this major feeling that changed. But over time, the more that I learned about it, the more that I matured in it, the more understanding I had around Scripture and what was actually happening, the more and more... I, I realized I was building myself up. And some of us may be in that place where we didn't, it happened when we were a kid, and that's great. Some of us, uh, we may struggle a little bit. My father-in-law, Joe, said he was very hard-headed. And whenever he began to learn about this, he, he, he tried and tried, tried to get along with the Lord, and it wasn't happening. And then one night while he was asleep, uh, Debbie said to him, hey, just so you know, you did it. He was like, I did what? He's like, you prayed in the spirit in your sleep. And the pastor that he went to said, well, some people who are hard-headed, God has to wait till they go to sleep before it happens. But I don't want to say, for me, it happened as a child. For you, for him, it happened when he was older. But no matter where you are, once again, we're all on a journey. This isn't a struggle. It may not happen the first time, but I promise you, as you begin to seek this, the Lord wants to give it to you. The Lord wants you to build yourself up, to edify yourself. Paul says, I wish that you all 
spoke in tongues when he was talking to the Corinthian church. As a pastor, I wish that you all spoke in tongues, that you prayed in the spirit. Here's why. Why wouldn't I want a church that's built up? If we're going to go out there and love the world, serve the world in the middle of everything that is going on, and there is a lot, we're going to need to be built up. We're going to need to be edified in order to be able to do that. So it is a choice, and we can take the time, get in the presence of God, and allow him to work in our hearts and begin to pray and speak it out. But once again, it's the way that we do anything else in our relationship with God. It's going to have to happen by faith. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes with me. And I'm going to ask the question that we always ask is, especially as we close out this series. Whether you're in this room or whether you're watching online, what is the Holy Spirit saying to me through this message? In a moment here, we're about to go into one more song of worship. We're going to end the same way that we always do. A prayer team will come down front. If you need prayer for anything at all, it doesn't have to be connected to this message, but if you come in with a heavy heart, you come in with a burden financially, emotionally, spiritually, whatever it is, we want to have the opportunity to pray with you. You don't have to be a member of Gateway Church to come down and receive prayer. And they're down here. They want to join their faith with yours through whatever you may be going through. But I'm going to pray for us. And my hope is that this series and during this time that God seals some things in your heart, that you're willing and you're open to receiving everything that God has for you. So Holy Spirit, we thank you. We thank you that you were sent by Jesus, by the Father, that we can have a relationship with you. I pray that you would empower every single one of us. I pray that we would be edified. I pray that we would be strengthened with your love, strengthened with your grace, strengthened with your joy, strengthened with your peace, and that we would be empowered to go out, to influence the world for you, to share the gospel for you, to give hope to a world that needs you to bring the kingdom of heaven here to earth. I pray that that would be evidence in every single one of our lives, evidence of our church that is affecting a city, that is affecting a nation, that is affecting the world for your glory. And I pray that as we take the time to open ourselves up to what you have, that you would do something special, that you would do something miraculous and this would become a normal part of our lives where we build ourselves up praying in the spirit where we build ourselves up and having a relationship with you the same power that conquered the grave is living on the inside of us and I pray that we would live that way every single day of our lives give us the wisdom to know to do the courage to be able to walk it out and may it all be done for your glory it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. If you live in the Houston area or are in town for a visit, we would like to invite you to join us for a service. For service times and location, or more information about Gateway Church, follow us on social media or visit our website, gatewayhome.com. Have a blessed week.